This is California Now, a podcast produced by Visit California. I'm Satirius Johnson. May is California Tourism Month, and this episode we're taking you up the Golden State's north coast to Mendocino County, a picturesque place to relax and enjoy the redwoods. And as Holly Madrigal of Word of Mouth magazine tells us, the area boasts an incredible culinary scene. You know, we, we joke that Mendocino County is where your neighbor is doing the most incredible thing ever that no one has ever heard of. After that, we'll meet Wendy LaMare, who runs Anderson Valley's Disco Ranch. It's a wine shop renowned for its selection of bottles as well as tapas and is the place to sample local wines by the glass. I really like the small producers that still have day jobs. You know, they're making 600 cases a year and that's it. People in the valley say, go see Wendy if you're looking for something that nobody else has, like anywhere. And Jacob Halverson of Mendocino Grove says you can experience the area's natural beauty as a camper and still sleep cozy even if you're not sure how to pitch a tent. That's all coming up on California Now. Longtime listeners know Mendocino County often flies under the radar when it comes to spectacular meals. For instance, last year I interviewed Chef Matthew Kammerer, whose Harbor House Inn in the small town of Elk now boasts two Michelin stars and a Michelin green star. Well, here to pull back the curtain on a few more restaurants to check out in Mendocino County is Holly Madrigal, publisher and managing editor of the beautifully designed Word of Mouth magazine, which centers stories of community through food countywide. Welcome to California Now, Holly. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sure. So let's start with Word of Mouth magazine for people who aren't familiar. What is it and what's the idea behind it? So Word of Mouth is a print magazine, if you can believe it. In this day and age, some of us (laughs) still appreciate, uh, you know, being able to touch a publication with our fingers. And of course, we're online as well. But Word of Mouth is really, you know, we seek to show off Mendocino County. I mean, as as you mentioned, we are kind of understated and people have been, you know, making their lives here for decades. And it's really our chance to be able to show off what we have going on here. So we have a real pride of place. I grew up in Mendocino County, um, have traveled the world, but continue to come back. And so we started this publication seven years ago. Wow. We're a quarterly publication and we really we joke that Mendocino County is where your neighbor is doing the most incredible thing ever that no one has ever heard of. So, so we really, <laughs> we really try to highlight those neighbors who are doing amazing things and share them with the world. Right. I mean, it says a lot that you, you know, you've traveled the world and you've ended up back in Mendocino County where you grew up. So, I mean, there's something obviously really great about the place and Word of Mouth magazine, you, so you basically focus on all things culinary and cultural that have to do with the county, right? Yeah, and agriculture. Um, I was really involved in the local food movement when I was younger. And so it's sort of part of the culinary movement, the local food movement, you know, trying to know where our food comes from. And also, you know, sort of that the tourism, you know, telling, showing off what we have going on here, you know, and I call it word of mouth because we really are focused on the culinary side of things. But occasionally, you know, almost we're most of our stories about farms, ranches, restaurants. Occasionally we stretch outside of that. Like if I want to talk about feeding giraffes <laughs> at B. Brian Preserve, you know, we're not eating the giraffes, but I just wanted to be able to show off the work that they're doing at that wildlife preserve, you know, so huh. we, we figure out a way to tie it in. I had no idea Mendocino County had giraffes. That's yes. out of the, out of, out of left field. <laughs> that's it. That's in Point Arena. And there's also an incredible Japanese restaurant down there. So <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah. A recurring theme on this show is how food is such an incredible window or gateway into different cultures. And I imagine the food scene in Mendocino County is no exception. Talk about that a little bit. I mean, how do we how do we experience, you know, all the different cultures in Mendocino? Yeah, absolutely. So right now I live in Mendocino Village, which is part of Mendocino County. And I've been so impressed. I've only lived here for a few years now living in Mendocino. And, you know, I've been so impressed by the young chefs that are coming up. There's really people doing exciting farm to table, fresh produce kind of work. 
some ladies here who own Fog Eater Cafe. The chef is Erica and Haley own it together. And I'll say that they are incredible Southern food, but they happen to be vegan. And I almost don't want to tell people that when they come because <laughs> people have such judgment about vegan food. But the food that is coming out of Fog Eater Cafe is just knock your socks off good. So I will often go for brunch and they do a fried cauliflower and waffles. <laughs> it's a take on uh, chicken and waffles. Erica is just, she is a whiz and she actually developed a lemon meringue pie, which you would not think that that could be done in a meringue that you wouldn't think that you'd be able to do that as vegan, but she figured it right. out. It's incredible. Huh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and they do lots of, they do lots of special they do lots of special events. They just had a wild foraged. They had a meal that was entirely wild foraged. So we went and had miner's lettuce and nasturtium pesto. And they came up with these incredible combinations that I just never would have thought of. Lots of mushrooms this year, for example. <laughs> That's incredible. So so the restaurant staff go out and forage. They don't have the customers yeah. forage, do they? Right. No, <laughs> they don't have us go out and forage. <laughs> I don't think I would be able to pick pick any nettles on my own but yeah they, they just they just have an incredibly good you know they have pimento cheese that's not cheese and they have you can get beignets there and things like that and it's just it's mm. really excellent food so yeah there's just there's a lot of young people there's another couple that used to work with these folks so like everyone you know the chefs all know each other there's a place called Floyd and Connie's it's a pop-up mm -hmm. restaurant that happens on Sunday evenings and that is based out of Cafe Beaujolais, but they just do little small plates. So delicious. Like basically you go in there and if you're buying wine, you buy it from Cafe Beaujolais. And if you're getting food, then you get these small plates from Floyd and Connie's. The chef, Stephanie, she goes to the farmer's market and literally picks out what looks good. And so I mean, I don't want to be redundant, but they're so delicious. <laughs> and, and they, you know, they usually, they primarily promote themselves on Instagram. So when I look around these restaurants, you know, it's just filled with young people. And I wonder where they all come from. I think the, <laughs> I think people can work more remotely now. So there's, I've noticed a lot of an influx of new fresh energy in Mendocino. It's been really cool. And why not? I mean, why not? Why not, why not do it from Mendocino County where it's so beautiful and you have uh, you can go foraging. Right? I mean, it's funny you mentioned the foraging. I mean, foraging was also a factor on the menu when we talked to the chef at Harbor House Inn. So oh, yeah. it, it sounds like, you know, there's a bounty of just like incredible ingredients that, that are just, you know, ripe for the picking. Yeah. And we actually, we try to tie into that in Word of Mouth Magazine. You know, we have an article that is called wild things. And so we want people to realize that you can safely do it safely, right. <laughs> always check with right. experts, but you know, you can go pick huckleberries or whatever and, and make a meal, make a meal out of them. Yeah. Uh, that's incredible. Right. Harbor house. Oh, mm -hmm. they're doing, they're doing such amazing things down there. I mean, suffice to say with its focus on the culinary scene, word of mouth is not left wanting for interesting new places or people to cover. I mean, it sounds like you have like so much to choose from. We do. <laughs> and you know, when I first started, we're a small, you know, our population is quite small in Mendocino. And people said, are you going to run out of things to talk about? And it's like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> we, we really, we really have not run out of, of things to discuss. You know, when I talk about your neighbor doing the most incredible thing, I run into people and they'll be like, yeah, I make kombucha or a uh, fresh baked sourdough out of my garage or I don't know. You never know what people are up to. Right. right. It's, it does feel like a bountiful area. Yeah. You mentioned the uh, Floyd and Connie's. How big a thing are pop-ups there? I mean, it seems like it's a really great way for people to try out new concepts before they actually go brick and mortar. There's another cool one, Good Bones Kitchen. Uh, my friend Miles has, has started, he's going into the old Casper Inn that is in Casper, which is just, just down the road. And yeah, he did a similar thing where he did some pop-ups, like he's a ceramicist and a sourdough bread baker. And so he's expanded that, but he basically likes to make the dishes that you'll be eating from. Oh, wow. <laughs> in true Mendocino fashion, he's just going to make simple food that's affordable, but really excellent quality. I think that tends to be the the theme of Mendocino County is that we like things 
simple, not too fancy, not too highbrow, but just really good quality. You know, people really want that value. Right. And so what would you, what kind of cuisine is that? Uh, Miles described it like a blue plate special, you know, that used to exist that he's going to come up with, but with really fresh and seasonal ingredients. So, you know, he'll probably have an offering that has like a protein and fresh greens and salads and like a couple sides for a reasonable price. So that's the Good Bones Kitchen. And he also promotes himself mainly on Instagram. Yeah, that's great. So for people who aren't familiar with Mendocino, there's the village of Mendocino. And then there's this huge county of Mendocino yes. <laughs> that surrounds it, right? So so we now we're in Casper, which is a little outside of, of the village. So what about a little further up the road uh, toward Fort Bragg? What recommendations might you have for us there? Yeah, Fort Bragg has a lot of wonderful things going on. They the Fort Bragg Harbor, the Noyo Harbor has really grown over the past few years. Um, these are fighting words, but I think the best fish and chips, <laughs> the best fish and chips are probably at Sea Pal. Uh, it's an excellent place to get fish and chips and a beer. They have a really good beer selection. That's right down in Noyo Harbor. Sea Pal is that place and they have an outdoor fire pit and you can sit and watch the boats sail by in the Noyo Harbor, but also Princess Seafood is right down the road. They have a fish market. And so they got so busy at the fish market, they actually had to open a separate restaurant. And Princess Seafood is an all-female fishing crew. Wow. It's so cool. <laughs> they are they are just a bunch of really cool women. And so they bring in fresh fish and they they have just really excellent. They have a like a crab bisque a red pepper crab bisque that's to die for. And they often have um, live music as well. So Princess Seafood usually has live music on the deck. Again, right down there in Noyo Harbor, you can kind of run the gamut from, you know, if you just want fish and chips to fill your belly or Noyo Harbor Inn, which is just up on the bluffs above the Noyo Harbor. That's where I take my family when I want to, when they come to visit, because they have a deck outside that you can do brunch and watch the sea lions and the boats. And it's just so beautiful up there. And the food is excellent. Yeah. I mean, being right on the water and just having access to all that fresh seafood coming in daily, I'm sure. Um, For people who've never been to Noyo Harbor, can you kind of describe what we're seeing, what the vibe is like? It just sounds so beautiful. Yeah, it really is. And Fort Bragg is quite small as well. And so when you cross the Noyo Harbor Bridge, you take a right and drive down into the harbor proper. And it's just really, Fort Bragg's great and that it's it's not pretentious. You know, it's a little bit working class in its, in its roots. And the harbor is a real working fishing harbor. Another really cool thing down there is the Slack Tide Cafe. This has opened fairly recently. And this is a partnership with the Noyo Center for Marine Science. So the Noyo Center does um, marine studies in the Mendocino area on the coast. Mm -hmm. And so the Slack Tide Cafe is right down there in the harbor. And so it's allowing them to have people come and visit there and grab a cup of coffee <laughs> while you're while you're watching the harbor but they can also you know have their talks about seaweed or they can have their talks about other community engagement events right right yeah it's hopping down there in the harbor <laughs> what what would you say are some classic you know like some staples the types of places where you haven't really experienced the mendocino culinary scene until you've dined there Probably Little River Inn, which is is back closer to me, down closer here to Mendocino. So that's like south south of the village of Mendocino. Yes, that's if you want to sit and you know they have binoculars at the bar, and if you just want a really, it's it's classic in the sense that just the quality of the the meals that they put out are just exquisite at Little River Inn. They have things for everyone, so you know you don't have to be into seafood. You could. Whatever it is, they do well. How would you describe what kind of cuisine they they serve? It's California cuisine. And I know that they have done lots of really cool partnerships with, we have local distillers in Mendocino County that distill their own whiskey. And so they, they do lots of partnerships with them. I would say it is a classic California fair. So you can, you know, you can get Chipino 
with local crab can get a really good burger, things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you mentioned that they have binoculars at the bar. Wait, so so the binoculars <laughs> yes. are for are we are we like bird watching? Are we looking at the boats coming no, in? No, it's for whales. Whales. For whales. Oh, yes. Cool. This is the perfect time of year for whale watching, although it turns out that whales are cruising by the Mendocino coast almost every time of year. (laughs) You know, they'll either be going north or south. And so the binoculars at the Little River Inn, they have those at the bar so that you can have a wonderful meal and watch the spouts. That is pretty amazing. You can go whale watching and not have to even go out on the on the water, which is pretty cool. Exactly. (laughs) And have a fabulous cocktail. It's great. (laughs) That's so great. So Holly, we've been talking a lot about the coast, which Mendocino is very well known for, but the county is huge. And further inland, you have ties actually with the small town of Willits. Uh, do you have any any favorites there? Yeah, that's true. That's where I grew up. And and Willits is having its own renaissance. You know, it's it doesn't have the coast, so people have to get creative and scrappy in Willits. <laughs> we have a new brewery, a beer brewery in Willits, and Thank goodness, it the beer is just excellent. It's called Norspur Brewing, and they are local brewery. They're brewing every, everything there in-house. It was actually a local couple that had competed in a, a beer competition, like one of those homebrew competitions. And I think they got second place, but it gave them the confidence to, to open Norspur Brewing. And they also have food there, but it's it's really been an a great addition to Willits because they have, they have outdoor seating. They're right on main street. So you can, you can sit out there, you know, in a warm evening and, you know, see the cars go by, but, you know, hang out with friends. It's, it's gotten to be a real community hub there. Right. Do they have like a, a, a signature beer or are they using kind of ingredients that make them stand out in a way that a brewery like a hundred miles down the coast wouldn't, yeah, their their IPA is really excellent. They have a number of those that they're doing that they're doing in-house. A, a favorite of mine is called Probability Cloud. <laughs> it has all sorts of like uh physics jokes on the can. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's really good and you know, sometimes IPAs can be a bit much for me, but this one is really citrusy and just really delicious and aromatic. Mm. Uh, they they really have knocked it out of the park with this brewery. And I like that my friends and I can get together and their kids can come, you know, cause it's sort of more of like a, in some ways like a pub sort of atmosphere. So they have board games and things for the little ones. And so it's, it's a really nice place to go in the evening and they have food as well. Yeah. They they'll do like a, um, they've got like some Cuban sandwiches and a really excellent artichoke dip. That sounds, it sounds great. I mean, it's so great that they are family friendly because you can kind of go out, have an adult evening, but also have the kids nearby and they're occupied and having fun as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's also, you know, you can have your dogs on the patio and it's a covered patio. So they have heaters and things like that. So it's really nice if you want to bring your dogs and get a beer. Norseburg Brewing is really an excellent place to do that. We also have a new place that's come up. It's called Ramen Cubed. It's a ramen place, which Hmm. is so exciting because we do not have very much ramen in Mendocino County. And (laughs) this place is, is really fabulous. One of the, the chef Taylor, one of the reasons why he's doing ramen is because he traveled to Japan in his youth. And it's something that he has such fond memories of, and he can just make quickly and prepare prior to, you know, prior to opening, he can just, he can just prep everything so that he can keep his staff really small. Cause he's basically just like right. whipping up ramen, you know, fresh for everyone when they come in. And it's a very small place. It's called ramen cube. Cause it's in this cube of a restaurant <laughs> next to the Noyo movie theater in town. It's just this tiny little place. I think there's, I don't know, maybe 10 tables in there, but the windows get all steamy. Cause when, you know, on a cool, on a cool <laughs> day, the ramen is just, it's just really delicious. Right, right. Now, I hear there's also a really cool ghost kitchen in yeah. Willis. Uh, tell us about what that's all about. But start starting with what is a ghost kitchen? A ghost kitchen as opposed to a, a pop-up is where you would have a restaurant in a space that isn't usually a restaurant. The ghost kitchen is a certified kitchen, but it doesn't have any restaurant space. So basically, they are doing all of their 
cooking in the kitchen and then you order online and pick it up separately. So in Willits, there's a place called Hitaki Farm Kitchen and it's very fresh sushi and it's a ghost kitchen. So you, you order online and they'll tell you when you can pick it up. And it, you know, it feels, it feels like you're in the know because you're, you're sneaking down an alley. <laughs> right. There's a secret knock on the door and yes. the little window opens and they hand you a bag. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They, you, 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 get a, off. Yeah. you get a text message. Actually, if you go to Shanaki pub, which is the pub in town, they have little QR codes at the pub. So you can order straight from, because the kitchen is right next to the pub. So if you order there with your cell phone, then they'll bring the food to you. That is really great. Wow. <laughs> and you don't have to go in that. But I just had, they had a spicy tuna popper roll. So this was one where the entire roll was tempura style. And I got that last evening and it was, hmm. it was mouthwatering. <laughs> And it was ready sooner than I thought it would be. So yeah, I just ordered online and then they told me when it, when I could come pick it up. And I know that the chef there, uh, Rio, he also buys a lot of things from the farmer's market to prepare in the sushi. And so that's really top quality sushi at Hataki Farm Kitchen. Oh, that's so cool. All right. Let's get a few more recommendations in. Maybe let's go high end, low end. So what's what's one to hit if I'm ready to go all out, spare no expense? That would have to be the Harbor House, <laughs> the uh, the Harbor House and Elk. I mean, as far as, yeah, Michelin stars and and views for days and, you know, everything freshly created right there at the Harbor House that they, they really do excellent work. Also, the Boonville Hotel will do an occasional paella Sunday where they mm. they they cook paella out on their garden patio and yeah. they're making everything right there. And everything the Boonville Hotel does, everything that comes out of that kitchen is just, it's a whole nother level of quality. And because Boonville's in Anderson Valley, so they have access to all the wine, you know, they'll usually do that with a wine pairing. Sounds really amazing, <laughs> yeah. especially... Especially to, to see that huge kind of pan with all of mm-hmm. the seafood in it being cooked outdoors in the real traditional way. That is that's an experience in and of itself. Yes. And it's just and their garden is so beautiful and and everything that they do at the Boonville Hotel is just is just stunning. What about at the opposite end? I mean, what's what's a place that it's nothing fancy, but for the value and the quality of what you get, it's just hard to top. Well, I'm a fan of Taqueria Bravo. That's also in <laughs> it's uh, just Really simple burritos, tacos, carnitas, but really affordable. And that's that's on Main Street in Willa. It's Taqueria Bravo. Mendocino County does Mexican food really well. <laughs> you know, that's that's one of the things that I don't need to travel to get. Even though it's in Northern California, they still it's, it's still California. it's still really good, right? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really excellent. Mayan Fusion is a really excellent place that's in Fort Bragg. They serve lots of California fare, so you can get a really excellent steak or or fish tacos, but they also have like a Mayan dip called papazul that I have never had anywhere else. It has like hmm. pumpkin seeds or roasted tomatoes in it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure what kind of magic they put in there, but that's that's located in Fort Bragg and that that one's kind of can't get that anywhere else. Yeah, you you mentioned uh you mentioned a, a Japanese restaurant in Point Arena not far from the giraffes. Tell me about that one. There's Izakaya Gama. That's a Japanese restaurant that's opened fairly recently within the past few years and they have really fresh small plates. So they they serve something called um addictive cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. and it really was. What do they do to it? I wonder. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, it's, it's some sort of um, some sort of dusting spice on there. You know, it's mm. basically what they're trying to do is really unpretentious Japanese pub food. If if that's if that's a, a way to describe it, izakayas in Japan are are these are these small little restaurants, and so they've been able to pull that off in Point Arena, and it's fine dining, but it's not it's not you know, it's, it's not, it's not too expensive. Like what, what was uh, a dish that you ordered there that just really stands out in your memory as something that you definitely, you know, are going back for again? The last time I was down there, they had a, a karagi chicken, which is fried, small fried chicken bites. And it came with a yuzu aioli, 
And so it's really mm-hmm. none of the none of the dishes were the portions didn't overwhelm you. You know, it was just it was so well done as far as the meals that they prepare using seasonal vegetables and like the freshest ingredients. That's if you're in the Point Arena area, that's really an excellent place. I mean, it sounds amazing. Holly, this has been really great. Thank you so much for joining us on California Now. Well, it's a pleasure meeting you. Thank you. Holly Madrigal is publisher and managing editor of Word of Mouth magazine online at wordofmouthmendo.com. As always, we'll have links to all the places we talked about on today's episode and lots more on our website, visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. This is California Now. My next guest's business was recently profiled in the San Francisco Chronicle under the headline, It's one of California's best wine shops. It's also in the middle of nowhere. Wendy LaMare runs Disco Ranch, located in Boonville, population 1,000 or so, in Mendocino County's Anderson Valley. The shop stocks an array of bottles from small independent wineries and features tapas and wine by the glass. And with decades of experience in the wine world, Wendy is known as an authority on the local scene. Welcome to California Now, Wendy. Thank you. So, you know, let's start by setting the stage for people who've never been to Disco Ranch. Can you describe the area it's in? Uh, We're located in Boonville. We're about 120 miles north of San Francisco and then an hour south of Mendocino. So it's a beautiful drive up here, really windy roads. And then we're kind of a sleepy town, as you said, uh, about a thousand people. We've got a couple hotels and some great uh, restaurants We've got a brewery, Anderson Valley Brewery, and then about 28 uh, wineries with tasting rooms and over 60 vineyards. So we're close to the ocean. We get a nice little breeze, and it's just a super cool, fun town. Mm. Uh, So what drew you to that area specifically? Well, my brother, Greg, accepted a job at Rotor State to run their three properties here. And I looked at the map and I'm like, that is in the middle of nowhere. I've got to go check this out. (laughs) And came out and just fell in love with the town and the people. And I had been trying to find a location to open a situation like this and came out and never looked back. So it's beautiful here. As I said, the people are great. We're just about to the point when you're driving to the coast, you'll have to stop to the restroom. And I'm like, this is a good location. And I've got a big parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you mentioned the drive. So you're on Highway 128. Yes. And people say it runs from wine to waves because it takes people through wine country out to the coast. What's that drive like? It's beautiful. Um, Little white knuckle when you're coming through Yorkville, lots of twisty roads, Um, Then once you get that, you discover our town and see all the wineries on either side, vineyards, and about 20 minutes towards the ocean from me, you go into the Redwoods, and they're anywhere from 300 to 600 years old, Mm. and another 20 minutes, you see Navarro River and then the ocean, and you're like, I'm doing this again. Um, Luckily, (laughs) we get a lot of repeat customers, Um, they Love the Boonville Hotel, Wixen, and Sheepdong are where most of my people like to stay. And it's just, it's a really interesting town and it's not busy. So you really feel like relaxed and on vacation. Yeah, like it's a whole other speed of, of life. Yes. We have our own Boonville time, which means you never know when someone's going to show up. I <laughs> am punctual. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, people who are driving Highway 128, are, are they, do you find that people are, are often surprised to kind of step out of the car and discover your shop for the first time, like out in the middle of nowhere? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, when I first opened, nobody understood what I was or what I was doing and I didn't have up enough signage and people would run in trying to go to the bathroom <laughs> and come out and go, did I just see Beacart Simone? <laughs> yes, it's pointed, you know, so when you first come in, I have certain things to catch your eye. And, you know, when they think they're just going to run into the restroom and buy a bottle of water, they end Mm. up getting wine and caviar (laughs) and cheese. (laughs) So not not the usual rest stop fare. No, no, you know, Torres chips and just kind of puts you in a different frame of mind. Um, And again, we've got great chefs here. So there's a reason to have the food. But yeah, it's it's a throwback in time. 
Yeah, I mean, so I mean to to describe it the to people, I mean, it's basically like a rustic building, almost like barn like. Yes. <laughs> from the outside, but but inside you have like this amazing wine selection, champagne, cheese, even caviar. Yes, I've often thought I should photograph the store and put billboards outside that I'm pretty on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it does look like a ranch. So when I came up with the name Disco Ranch, this comes from the place I lived in Georgia. And um, I was fond of the name. And when I saw the building, I'm like, that looks like a ranch. I'm, I'm going to call it Disco Ranch. Oh, Everybody that thought is funny. I was crazy. And there's actually a disco ball. Yes. Right? There's actually a disco ball over the counter. I mean, so I and I love that name. So in Mendocino County, in the middle of nowhere, I mean, it's such a great kind of like <laughs> juxtaposition. Like people must drive by, even if they weren't thinking of stopping, they were like, wait, Disco Ranch, we have to pull over. Yeah, I had no idea disco was coming back or become popular with younger <laughs> people, but I I feel proud when they come in. They're like, where's the disco? And I don't play disco music because the town doesn't <laughs> yeah. like it. But <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it, people can't remember the ranch part, but they're like, it's disco something. Just stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so how many years have you worked in the wine business? And, and can you kind of give us a brief overview of that journey? Absolutely. A little over 40 years. So I started at an incredible uh, store called Happy Herman's in Georgia. And it was a full-on kosher deli, 3,000 different wines, specialty foods before there was such thing. And we sold liquor on the other side, which at that time was pretty much illegal. You can't sell liquor and uh, food in the same building. We had a little screen that we would close, of course, to keep it separate. (laughs) And started off as uh, stock and wine for the big 365 an hour. That's where I met Tim Hanai. He was the first master of wine in the U.S. And just followed him around like a puppy dog and taught me to cook. And, you know, when it rains in Georgia, nobody would eat outside. So mm. we'd go back and start making seafood sausage or whatever Tim wanted to do at the time. So I was exposed to European wines at a very young age and um, met winemakers and, you know, just great people and really took to it. I mean, just to give people a sense, I mean, so you started very young, started kind of at the bottom, stocking shelves, and then it seems like, you know, incredible people took you under their wing to kind of educate you about wine. But to give listeners a sense of your expertise, when one of my colleagues was putting together notes ahead of this interview, somewhere they just wrote down, this person knows the elevation and the bricks and <laughs> why European oak matters. Like you can look at a bottle and say like, oh yeah, those grapes were grown at, you know, 4,000 feet. Or, I mean, that's, that's nuts. That's incredible. There's not a lot else in my brain, just really wine. <laughs> well, wine and food. <laughs> well, let's talk about the independent wines that you stock. My understanding is that Disco Ranch is kind of like a tasting room, serves like a tasting room, like uh, for places that are too small to have one of their own. Am I getting that right? Yeah. Um, I really like the small producers that still have day jobs. You know, they're making 600 cases a year and that's it. So when Mm. I got here to the Disco Ranch, uh, maybe six months before COVID started. So anybody that was lucky enough to have wines by the glass lost them immediately and just felt I need to get more of these small young group of people and it's working out really well. I mean, people in the Valley say, go see Wendy if you're looking for something that nobody else has like anywhere. And then I do have some Valley favorites like Maggie Hawk, Witching Stick, um, which they have tasting rooms here, but I've known Van from Witching Stick for over 30 years, um, that type of thing. But I'd say 80, 85% of the Mendocino wines I have don't have tasting rooms. Wow. Well, how many different wineries do you pour from? I always have 18 wines by the glass. Um, a lot of those are international in bubbles, but generally from local wines, I at least have eight. So talk a little bit about that thought process when you're deciding which wines and wineries you want to showcase. Like what goes into that calculus? I just always kind of treat it like a wine list because you don't know who's coming in everybody likes bubbles so i have you know a spanish cava i've got an alsatian brut rose and then true champagne laurent perrier one of my favorites and then do aromatic whites and then the eight different 
domestic and one would be a rosé, two to three whites, depending on the weather. And we're Pinot country, so I generally have four Pinot Noirs. And then I'll do three imported reds and generally a light, fruity, soft, easy drinking, and then a fuller bodied. So, you know, I have to pick people's brains and make them talk to me about what they like. So I'll do the same thing with the Pinot Noirs, uh, more Burgundian in style, nice, smooth, easy drinking, and then more like a, a steak lover Pinot. Right. So you have a really wide kind of breadth of variety, which is really great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that you don't just stock California wines in your shop, you do a lot of uh, European imports. Are local connoisseurs a big part of the clientele? Yes. Um, I get a fair amount of, you know, the wine trade through here and then obviously winemakers. And they always look to Europeans to see if they could create something like that. And they're also a tremendous value. So generally when people come through and I don't know them, I try to focus on the domestic and then they see everybody else is buying imports and they're like, what, what, what are we doing? <laughs> so <laughs> right, yeah. it's nice eclectic mix. And then I love bubbles. So I probably have 30 different bubbles. Hmm. Yeah. So let's say I wanted to go, I wanted to come for a visit, you know, for a tasting and maybe get an overview of what you and the area have to offer there at Disco Ranch. Can you kind of walk me through that experience? Absolutely. I generally ask what they're looking for. Um, and then they seem perplexed that I'm asking questions. I'm like, I can send you anywhere and mm. I'm not going to taste you on 20 wines. People kind of joke that I can guess what people like if they give me three words <laughs> and give them the right one from the get go. Cause if I'm, you know, doing a squirt, that's on me. If I'm charging, I, I don't know. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so just asking, you know, oftentimes people don't like the same wines. I often hear the, you know, lady would like whites and the man wants cabs and we're a Pinot Noir area. So I'll, you know, if you want a big full bodied wine, I'm going to send you the witching stick. If you're looking for aromatic whites, you know, Phillips Hill, that type of thing. So just getting to know them a little bit, lay of the land, how much time they have that type of thing. Or if you want to stay here and have lunch, I'd be happy to, you know, do a flight for you and pick the wines out. I'm wondering whether I should try to come up with three words to give you and see what you come up with. Okay, do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. When, uh, when they're not cooperative, I generally have to keep saying, you know, if they don't get the Burgundian Oregon type thing, I'm like, do you like skim 2% or full milk? And they're like, full milk. And I will just like <laughs> pour something. They're like, Oh my God, this is the best wine I've ever had. Why can't other people do that? And I'm oh, like, that's amazing. Just, that's funny. Just so tell wait. them you like a full bodied. <laughs> right. 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 So wait, so you, so you'll take kind of words from people like who aren't wine people, like not wine words. They could be like any words yes. and you will. Oh, that's yes. incredible. Okay. All right. So that's good. Cause I'm not a connoisseur in any sense of the word. So, I mean, I do enjoy my wine occasionally, but um, yeah. So let me come up with some words. So how about, smooth i'm gonna say unsweet is one other word and then the third one will be effervescent oh well you've effervescence you're gonna get in your bubbles but for like a white with a little effervescence could be a vino verde or an albarino that the acidity is so high they do trap a little co2 in there and it feels like a little spritz mm -hmm. But when you say smooth, you're looking for a nice, elegant wine. If, say, you wanted a smooth red, I have 2017 Waits Mass Oppenlander I'm pouring by the glass. So, A, it's got age on it. People are releasing their 20s and 21s. They're a little tight right now. The age, it's kind of like when you're in those awkward teenage years. Nobody wants to be around you. You're not fun. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I've got elegant style and grace. <laughs> So something like that, and it's, you know, I'd say more elegant to medium bodied, but just a super smooth finish. Um, a lot of people don't like tannins. We generally don't get those with the Pinot Noirs mm -hmm, unless mm -hmm. it's too young. I generally pick stuff that's drinkable now because when you're coming through the valley, most people 
kind of want to have that wine right away and not age it. <laughs> right, right. That makes sense. I mean, they're there for the experience, right? So, I mean, are right. there any specific styles or wineries that are emblematic of Anderson Valley? Well, that's a great question and hard to answer. So the people that got here in the beginning, like Hush and Navarro, Hush actually was the first one to plant Pinot Noir in 1968, which God bless them. Who would have thought? Because everybody else started doing Alsatian whites and apples and stuff. Mm -hmm. They tend to be a little richer, meatier type style. And what our valley does, and Mendocino Ridge in particular, has a brighter acidity. Um, But when you're in a higher elevation like Mendocino Ridge, you have to be 1,200 foot minimum and 10 miles from the coast. So you're above the fog line. You don't have to worry about frost and stuff. You get that early morning sun, great temperature, you know, rising and falling. So a long hang time. So with that comes a richer concentration. But Pinot Noir is a very elegant grape. It a real thin skin and very difficult to grow. So you could take all of the elegance of it or you can do a longer maceration where you leave the skin's in the juice and Mm -hmm. that's going to pull up tannins, more extraction. So there's a lot of stuff the winemaker can do versus what the fruit can do. So that's why there's so many different wineries with so many different styles. But again, uh, Anderson Valley, you know, is a small little, I think what, 18 mile strip, but all of Mendocino County, We've got 11 different AVAs, and the ones I work most with are Anderson Valley and Mendocino Ridge. And then a lot of other areas are hotter. So that's where our Cabernet and Merlots come from and some Chardonnay. But I like uh, more elegant wines, but I also carry richer fuller because I'm not the only one drinking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, you also serve tapas at Disco Ranch. Um, what are some crowd favorites that, you know, seem to always be the ones that people ask for? I do tapas and sliders. So I'd say on the tapas, the shrimp, paquillo pepper stuff with fresh goat cheese. Mm. I do this little uh, English cucumber with bursan and smoked salmon that people freak out on. And then slider wise, <laughs> I do four different sliders. Um, I'd say the smoked duck breast with sour cherry jam and the chicken pesto are the two most popular. And then I do a lot of cheese and charcuterie, you know, olives, dolmas, such like that. And these are all things that people can order while they're kind of going through their tastings and, uh, you know, kind of pairing things up. Yeah, you can have it here to go. You know, I do a lot of box stuff for the wineries and that way they have something to eat. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've got a large patio. So, yeah, you come in, get some snacks and some wine and take some provisions to go. That's really great. I mean, and people can kind of like, you know, drive off, have a little picnic, a little something, you know, yes. over a vista and enjoy their wine and really amazing eats. That's that's really cool. Yeah. What are, what are one or two local wines that not everyone knows about, but they really, you know, kind of punch above their weight in a way that surprises even, you know, people who consider themselves experts? Uh, I'd say Minus Tide. Um, It's been my number one selling Pinot Noir and Rosé since I've opened. Hmm. Three young people all met in college. Two of them got married. They all kept their day jobs. Um, But uh, Manchester Ridge, just to say, on Mm -hmm. the Pinot Noir, um, he does like 30% whole cluster fermentation. It's unfined, unfiltered, indigenous yeast. And the old vine carry-on rosé is insane. It's off of Wendy Fetzer's property, uh, Felice Creek. It's a 114-year-old vine carry-on, and they might get a half a ton per acre and only make like 180 cases of that. And Mm. it's just beautiful, dry, crisp, clean. Um, Brad, one of the winemakers, grew up here. So their wines are, you know, on wine lists everywhere, but... They're not in a lot of retail stores. I'd say then uh, Reed Holland. So Ashley Holland's the winemaker. She makes this insane dry Riesling um, off of Old Vine Riesling. They have a little muscat growing in the vineyard as well. And she'll co-ferment everything together in a cement egg. 
and it's just like liquid sunshine hmm. and then a stellar fuller bodied Pinot Noir and Waits Mast. Uh, they're based out of San Francisco and I generally carry eight of their single vineyards. Um, Shalini Shakar, incredible winemaker. They get all their fruit up here and make small lots, like 50 to 92 cases. Uh, and then she'll make the wine down in San Francisco. I would say those were the three rock stars when I first opened and still my three go-tos. And people come back for every new vintage that they have. Mm-hmm. And they often pour at the store once or twice a year. Are there any other wines that we should highlight? Maybe some bestsellers? Um, from the locals, those three, uh, Lucier uh, was new to me last year. GW um, is the winemaker and the owner with his beautiful wife, uh, retired Army war vet. I've never had such an incredible wine. I, I first met him and I'm like, oh, I got so many wines in this price point. He had something he called Cote de Bunt, so kind of declassified fruit. And I'm like, yeah, I want to support you. I'm on this. Three months later, he comes in with a single vineyard, Roma's Vineyard. Again, one of my favorites in 1800 foot elevation, mm. but in Anderson Valley. He did 100% whole cluster fermentation in an old basket press I just stuck my nose in. I'm like, oh my God, I, 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 I'll take five cases. And I said, oh, how much is it? And he goes 48. And I said, yeah, I'll take five cases. Huh. So he comes up about two weeks later with it and hands me the invoice. And I'm like, this is wrong. He goes, oh, I told you 48. And I'm like, oh, I thought you meant cost. <laughs> <laughs> so I went through gosh, probably a little over half of what he made and he only made 84 cases. Oh, wow. And I have people still begging and I'm like, he sold me eight cases out of his reserve selection. This guy came out of nowhere. Um, as I said, he served in the military, but he did an internship at Paul Meyer and then William Salem and learned a ton and just knocked my socks off. Mm. You know, we've been talking a lot about wine and uh, food, mostly wine, which, of course, is amazing in the Anderson Valley. But let's touch on a few other things that make that Highway 128 corridor amazing. Uh, Are there any restaurants you especially like to recommend when people are passing through? Absolutely. Uh, Boonville Hotel, uh, Chef Perry, which used to be the chef at the Shed in Healdsburg, moved up here maybe three years ago and they're knocking it out of the park. What should I order there? Like, what do you recommend people get when they go there? Well, it's super simple because everything is a pre-fee menu. (laughs) Okay. That makes it easy. It's very easy. And so what kind of, uh, what kind of cuisine is it that he's uh, featuring? Uh, let's see. I, last time I ate there, duck confit. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have their own gardens in the back, so they pick everything fresh He's related to the Sally Schmidt, the cookbook author. Um, Chef Johnny is, I guess, the son. So French-American cuisine, I'd have to say, but farm to table for sure. And then Wixen, uh, they just got Chef Jason that used to be the chef at Little River Inn. And he's kind of like into Iberican food, Mm -hmm. Uh, a little richer and heavier in style. There's... uh, Company Kitchen does great Mexican and burgers. And we have one bar, Lawrence. <laughs> it's kind of a dry county. <laughs> uh, another great place for lunch, both Boontberry, which is like a natural food store. Uh, Bert is like the biggest caterer here and just knocks it out of the park. Um, the General Store, it's kind of a strange name but I'm saying that being disco <laughs> ramp. So I have nothing against them. Uh, incredible <laughs> right. breakfast, lunch, they bake their own bread and then Mosswood. Um, Pilar does her own empanadas and pastries. She gets there at three in the morning. It's insane and great coffee. So yeah, there's some places to go, mm. but if you come through Tuesday and Wednesday, there's not much food open. <laughs> Okay, good to know. So the, Okay, so Tuesday and Wednesday, they uh, roll up the sidewalks. Right, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> what about outdoors spots in the area? Like, what, what would you recommend for people who want to experience kind of nature and just have the outdoor experience? 
Uh, Hindi Woods is my definite favorite, um, maybe 15 minutes from the Disco Ranch, but just beautiful redwoods. They have two different hiking paths, um, but the trees are from 300 to 600 years old. Navarro River runs through it, so that's pretty exceptional. Otherwise, Anderson Valley Brewing is here, and they have a great, like a disc golf course and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of the wineries have bocce courts and all that. So, you know, plenty to do, but it's, it's beautiful wherever you go. All right. Well, that's really great advice. Wendy, this has been so great. Thank you so much for joining us on California Now. Well, thank you. My pleasure. Wendy LaMare runs Disco Ranch, Wine Bar, and Specialty Market in Boonville, California. Their website is discoranch.com. As always, we'll have links to all the places we talked about on today's episode and lots more on our website, visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. This is California Now. When it comes to camping, some folks can't wait to go deep in the woods, far from the comforts of everyday life, and really rough it. Then there's the rest of us. My next guest aims to make camping inviting for those who like to be cozy, even if they don't know how to start a campfire. Jacob Halverson is general manager and chief champion of Mendocino Grove, which he describes as part campground, part mini resort. Welcome to California Now, Jacob. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me the opportunity to talk about Mendocino Grove. Absolutely. So for people who aren't familiar, would you describe the property for people who've never been? Uh, you know, how big it is, how big is it? What's it near? Things like that. So we are outside of the village of Mendocino, the OG, and Mendocino is the county. So we are part of the namesake for the county here about three hours north of San Francisco. We're near like seven state parks within 10 miles. So that's a real huge draw. So Mendocino Grove is a 30-acre campground, glamping campground here on the Mendocino coast. Um, so the experience of coming to Mendocino Grove is you pull it into our driveway and it takes you up this hill and then it plateaus into this meadow and you would not even know that this property existed from the road. It's really quite transformative just even up the driveway. And our setup is we have a few different main bathhouses for our campers. We've got a commercial kitchen, meadow commons area, and all of our glamping tents are set up in little neighborhoods spread throughout the property and about eight to 10 tent clusters with different viewpoints and privacy. On average, we have about 135 guests staying a night. You could think of us as an outdoor hotel, but we definitely walk the line between what it feels like to be camping and what it feels like to be at a mini resort. And we have all canvas tents. So that's kind of how I define glamping, if you will. Right, right. So, so you know, when people think of camping, they think of like lugging their own tent, bringing their own sleeping bag. There is none of that there. You just show up and everything is ready for you, ready to go and really nice. I mean, you definitely don't have to bring anything. You can get food from in town. You can go. We have really great grocery store, really good restaurants in the village. We're spoiled in that way. And just show up with our comfy beds and our heated mattress pads. But there's not like a heater in the room and there's not a bathroom in your room. That's really our main distinguishment. You still have to get outside and be communal and like have that experience. It's definitely a campground in that regard. Um, so it's everything that you need to feel like you're being taken care of, but it's not overdone in which you have like things in your room that you're not going to use. So it really sounds like you're, you're, you're kind of creating a place where people can just experience nature and experience the area without having to really rough it like it's nice you have you have a bed you have your nightstand you have a little lamp but you know you're not going over the top with you know multimedia things and you know i mean i guess you have internet but you don't really need it that's correct yeah we provide it in our common spaces right so if you have to take a work call or if you want to have a whole corporate retreat and bring your team out here and like rent out mendocino grove we can provide that in our common spaces, in our meeting spaces. But as far as individual tent sites go, they do not have Wi-Fi. And that's intentional. All right, let's talk about the folks who are not real big campers in their lives, but they want to, to have that experience. Like, let's say I'm, I'm not someone who's used to chopping wood and building campfires. What do you recommend? So, like, we're happy to, like, show you how to start the fire, or you can text what we call the fire valet. 
and then a fire valet will come to your tent and bring you firewood and start your fire. Right. Let's talk about uh, meals while I'm there. So you mentioned that you have a commercial kitchen. That's basically for for breakfast every day. People can kind of gather around there and and have breakfast in a communal setting. Yeah, we have complimentary breakfast snack. I'll call it a snack for our guests. It's typically like this really yummy oatmeal bar, yogurt bar, depending on the season, fresh fruit, condiments, and toppings. Uh, We provide drip coffee for our guests. And then this year, we're adding an espresso program for the morning, which I'm pretty stoked about. And then in the evening time, we do pop-up dinners. Um, We're in the process of getting our beer and wine license. So that will be an add-on. Right, right. Tell me about the resort aspect of the experience. I mean, what what activities do you offer? Um, We've invested in a dry sauna for guests. We have two massage therapists that are on site. We have daily yoga offerings. We're going into the beer and wine. We also have guided nature hikes. So basically, we can do all of the concierge planning, renting canoes, like connecting with kayak outfitters. So we're kind of a full suite in that regards. You don't really have to plan your stay if you don't want to. I mean, we're happy to do it for you on site. Let's talk about the hiking opportunities a little bit. I mean, I, you mentioned that you're around, you know, you've got like, what, six or seven state parks nearby. What are some of the, the hikes that, that you send people on and what, what do they experience on, on those hikes? Like, what are they seeing? There's kind of like two ways to think of the hikes, inland and coast, right? So highway um, one is like splitting the Mendocino coast. So you have inland hiking, which is like, the Russian Gulch State Park, and they have this really fun, like three mile waterfall loop. So I send a lot of guests to that so they can hike, be in the state park, see this cool little waterfall, and then complete the loop. And it's really easy. You're not going to get lost. We also send a lot of guests to the Spring Ranch Trail, which is more coastal headlands, grasses, and then you get to the bluff side and then you're walking the bluff. Here in the village, we have the Headlands State Park, which is very similar coastal grasslands, bluff views, rocky outcrops. Um, And then we also have the state parks that just have beaches that you can relax on. So the hiking options are vast. And also I think something that gets missed for Mendocino is there is good mountain biking in Mendocino. So if you're just like starting out and like like dabbling your feet in the mountain biking waters, like it is crazy how good the trails are out here and how Mm. accessible like 10 minutes from Mendocino Grove is some of the best mountain biking trails in Northern California. Wow. And do you have, do you have to bring your own bike? No, there's, there's outfits here that will, that you can rent mountain bikes from. Um, Fort Bragg Cyclery is one. You also in Ukiah, which is just over the hill from us. Um, there's some mountain bike rentals, but it's like a, really, it's a cool gem that just a lot of people don't think about Mendocino mountain bikes, but it's, it's a real, it's a real thing. You know, people who aren't campers, who've never gone camping, they always wonder, like, how am I going to deal with these things like showering and, you know, going to the bathroom and things like that? I mean, you guys have figured it out to like the nth degree. I mean, it's like a gorgeous. Yeah, can I speak about the bathrooms Please, for a second? Yeah. Like, is that an exciting topic for the for the listeners out there? As, as a fan of indoor plumbing, I'm all about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the main bathhouse has individually stalled showers and individually stalled outdoor showers and individual bathrooms, as well as gender-specific bathrooms and gender-neutral bathrooms and ADA bathrooms. So basically, we can provide everything, and it's not a locker room experience, right? It's very much like single-stall experience. And that goes the same with the lower bathhouse, which has the warming room, which is the sauna, additional outdoor showers and restrooms. It's all single-stall. So that's one of the major questions that we get is like, am I going to be like sharing the showers with someone? No. I saw that you have accessible tents as an option, which, so what makes it accessible? And, uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, I, I love the fact that, that there's accessibility for people who maybe have mobility issues. So talk about, talk about that a little bit. So our accessibility is getting folks to their tent, right? So We have accessible tents that are interior to the campground with parking that's close and level to their tent and also ramp access to the tent. 
Um, also, the beds have been modified in those tents to be the correct height, right? They sit a little bit lower to make transfer easier, and they have the proper clearance on each side. So when you speak about ADA, it's really about clearance in regards to the accessibility. Can, can someone transfer from a wheelchair? Can they safely use this, this tent as or as close to other individual travelers and how they're experiencing their accommodation? And so that's what we're doing with our accessibilities, making sure that the clearance is correct, that that's up to code, that we're doing the right things and allowing paths of travel to make that experience the same as any other guests that were to, to stay at Mendocino Grove. What about, uh, you know, if you want to bring your dog, how dog friendly is it? Oh, super dog friendly. Yeah, we've got a little dog park. We've got a dog washing station that has its own hot water heater dedicated to it. The dogs are pampered. For sure, Pam. <laughs> Jacob, this has been really great. Thank you so much for joining us on California Now. Thank you. Jacob Halverson is general manager of Mendocino Grove, online at mendocinogrove.com and on Instagram at mendocino underscore grove. This is California Now. Thank you for listening to California Now. We hope to see you in the Golden State soon. This podcast is produced by Visit California. I'm your host, Satirius Johnson. You can find our show on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on TikTok, where you'll meet insiders who share their favorite local spots. You'll learn about cool attractions from picturesque hikes with incredible views to tasty bites in family-owned restaurants. Check it out. The TikTok handle is at Visit California.